You know, it is the Christmas season. It's upon us. And we're starting this new series that is going to take us into Christmas Eve. But I was curious this morning, anyone here done with their Christmas shopping? That's sick, man. <laughs> One person done with all... I'm just kidding. It's, it's sick in a good way. Is anyone here done with decorating the outside of their house? I finished that, except my family doesn't like it and they want more. So I don't know what to do about that. Are you guys done decorating the inside of the house? Who's done with that? That's pretty good. Who doesn't decorate? <laughs> yeah, a few guys. I think most of us raised our hand at least once here because we just can't wait for all things Christmas to start. You know, if you're like me, you love Christmas. I love this. This is my favorite holiday of the year, and I do love the decorating, and I love everything that goes about it because it just brings so much joy and so much memory of things that we've done, traditions. And for me, it's all about gathering around the Christmas tree with the family. Maybe for you, it's reading the Christmas story or singing Joy to the World. For some people, have some traditions on Sunday mornings where they sip coffee. I know the Mendenhall family, I don't know where she is, but they make, you know, fresh cinnamon rolls every Christmas morning, which I've never had before, so I don't know why they don't bring any to the church, but that's their tradition. And the point is that we all have our traditions during Christmas, and we all look forward to Christmas for the most part, and we love to receive and we love to give all of these gifts of love. But did you know that Christmas is not always the same thing for everybody. For some of us, it is the most wonderful time of the year. For me, I look forward to it every time. And for many of you, I'm sure you would agree that it's the most wonderful time of the year. There's a survey that reveals that 45% of Americans, think about that, that's one out of two Americans, 45% of Americans dread Christmas because it's just another reminder of the absence of a loved one a lost job, a painful divorce, unrealized dreams, and as the year passes by, all of those things pass them by as well. And yet we're here to celebrate Christmas, and the message of Christmas is one of hope because the Savior was born to bring you that hope, the hope that there is something far greater to look forward to. Something to look beyond the losses and the hurts of life. You see, what we all need, we all need this deep down in our soul, in the innermost being of our soul, we need this genuine and guaranteed hope. And Proverbs tells us that hope deferred, meaning postponed, makes the heart sick. Dr. Victor Franklin, who was in, he was in an Auschwitz um, prison camp during World War II. And as a psychiatrist, he noticed what enabled some to survive the cruelty of the camp while others did not. And after surviving the camp, he wrote these words. He says, the prisoner who had lost faith in the future, his future was doomed. With his loss of belief in the future, he also lost his spiritual hold. He let himself decline and become subject to mental and physical decay. So as we go through the hard stuff of life, we all need this deep down in our soul, a genuine and guaranteed hope. And I'm not saying that every you know, Christmas season we should all pump ourselves up so that we can have this joy and this hope that is, that is manufactured by ourselves. But what I am saying is that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born to bring you that hope. Hope for help from his hand as you navigate through this life and hope for eternal life with him after this life. 
And this baby that we celebrate, this baby Jesus that we celebrate during Christmas time, we know is no ordinary baby. It is God who came to earth in the flesh. And folks, when you simply see the names that were given to Jesus at the time when he was prophesied, and when you simply see the role before he was born 2,000 years ago, it will give birth, or at least it should give birth, deep down in your soul to this new hope that I'm talking about. You see, 700 years before Jesus was even born, the prophet Isaiah revealed the names and the roles of this baby to be born. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, this is what he says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. This is 700 years before he was born. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the child who was born for us. Jesus is the son who was given to us. You see, hope was born, and the Bible tells him that his name was Wonderful Counselor. Jesus was born to be your personal counselor. Can you guys kind of grasp that? That he was born to give you wonderful counsel to help you and guide you through this life, whatever it may bring. You see, God never intended for you to navigate this life on your own wisdom. Because I think a lot of us know what happens when we make decisions with our own wisdom without seeking God. It doesn't work out too well sometimes, does it? Jesus was born to make a way for you to have a personal relationship with him, one where you could go directly to him for counsel. John chapter 3, verse 16, I think it's a very familiar verse for a lot of us. We all know it, where it says, God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave up his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Did you guys know what it says after that in the next verse? This is what it says. For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge the world, but that the world might, number one, find salvation, and number two, and be made safe and sound through him. So Jesus didn't just die so that we could go to heaven. He didn't just die so that we could go to the Father through a relationship with him. I mean, do you realize that the God of the universe wants to be with you. And I know we hear that all the time, and we don't really wrap our hands around it, but he created you to be in relationship with you so that he can live with you in eternity forever. And he wants to do that so badly that he sent his son Jesus to personally counsel you all the way there. So let me see if I can give you an idea of just how much you are loved by your wonderful counselor. Now, God's love for you is so enormous that it is bigger than the largest planet or any universe that you can find. Now, look at this. This is where we live. This is planet Earth. Now, you can tell that it's huge, right? Well, this is a picture of, of um, this next picture is a picture of the planets in our solar system. Now, look at the size of Earth compared to Jupiter. There's a huge difference in size, isn't there? What about Jupiter compared to the sun? Even a bigger difference there. What about the earth compared to the sun? We're just a small drop compared to the sun, isn't it? In fact, it is so massive. The sun is so massive that 960 
thousand planets the size of Earth could fit into the sun. Isn't that a little inconceivable? Isn't it hard to wrap our hands around that? Well, now look at the size of this, the sun compared to this star called Arcturus. This star is more than huge. In fact, this star is so massive that 17,500 suns could fit inside Arcturus. That's even more inconceivable. Now look at the size of Arcturus compared to a star called Antares. And Antares is not even the largest star. It's mind-blowing. Now listen, the God who created you loves you more than the largest planet or star that you can think of. God's love for you is so vast, it is vaster than 225 billion galaxies. God's love for you is so vast that it is beyond comprehension. I don't get it. You know, when our kids were little, Olivia and I, we used to put them to bed and we used to read them these bedtime stories. And depending on their age, when they were little, little, we would ask them, hey, do you know how much I love you? And when they were able to be able to comprehend, we would like stretch out our arms as wide as we could because that's what they could understand when they were really, really, really small. And we say, we love you this much. And they go, oh, that's a lot. And as they get older and when they're able to understand what the earth looks like, then we would say, we love you more than the world. And perhaps that's what you told your kids when you put them to bed as well. Well, listen, God... The wonderful counselor born to you loves you more than the whole world and the whole universe. And that, folks, as we think about all the things that are going on around us, should give us a great hope of life eternal with God after you pass away. Hope was born and his name was Wonderful Counselor. And the second thing that it tells us his name is his mighty God. Jesus was born to be your personal source of help, to be your mighty God, to help you and empower you in this lifetime. Because God never intended for you to navigate this life on your own power. Because we all know what happens when we make decisions and we navigate life in our own power without seeking God. It doesn't turn out so well sometimes, does it? Jesus was born to make a way for you to have a personal relationship with him, one where you could go directly to him, your mighty God, for help and strength and power beyond your own. You know, yes, there's many hard times in this life, but listen to what the Bible says in James. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let's do it, let it do its works so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. So it says, go to your mighty God and ask him for help to endure. Because the Bible goes on to say in 1 Peter that there is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. So your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Your mighty God 
did not come to just give you power to endure this life, but to also develop your faith and to get you ready for eternal life in heaven. But listen close now. Jesus, the mighty God, born for you, has all the power that you need to help you endure every single situation that you might be facing in this life. Colossians tells us that in Him, meaning Jesus, all things hold together. That means that literally, not only did Jesus, our mighty God, create the universe, but He also sustains it and maintains it and literally holds it all together. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a hard time just maintaining my work life and my family life and everything around me. And to think that our mighty God can hold all of this together is just mind-blowing to me. So then let me ask you this morning, does Jesus have enough power to help you in your situation? Well, absolutely. The Bible tells us in Peter, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. His love for you causes him to be born to be, your, to be your mighty God. His love for you causes him to empower you as well. So now listen, God, the mighty God, born to you, loves you and will give you the power you need to navigate this life. And folks, that, no matter what situation you find yourself in, should give you a great hope during this time of year. Hope was born and his name was Mighty God. And then the Bible tells us that his name was also Everlasting Father. And this is one of my favorites because as an everlasting father, Jesus the Son was born to you, and he means that he has all the divine attributes of our heavenly father. Hebrews tells us that he, meaning Jesus, is the sole expression of the glory of God, and he is the perfect imprint of the very image of God's nature. That means that Jesus has the same heart for you as the everlasting Father, and the everlasting Father always keeps His promises. And because He always keeps His promises, that means that when the Bible says all of these promises that we can find, that means that we can take them all to ourselves. And I've listed a few. The first one is in Psalm 43 where it says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the sea, and the heart of the sea, I mean, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its dwelling, at its swelling pride. That means that you can believe that your everlasting Father will be your refuge, your strength, and help in times of trouble. And you can believe that because your everlasting Father keeps His promises. Our everlasting Father keeps His promises in such a way that we can't even understand that because even the best of fathers in this room understand that it's very difficult to keep all of your promises all of the times, yet our everlasting Father always keeps His promises. So when the Bible says, the Lord God is a sun and shield, the Lord gives grace and glory, and no good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. That's in Psalms. That means that you can believe that because you can believe it because our everlasting Father will give you grace, glory, and good things. And you can believe that because our everlasting Father keeps His promises. Amen? Amen. Thank you. 
So when the Bible says that the righteous man will flourish like a palm tree, that he will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. That means you can believe that as well. You can believe that our everlasting Father will cause you to flourish here on earth and in his courts in heaven. And you can believe it because our everlasting Father keeps his promises. And when the Bible says that do not fear for I am with you, do not anxiously, anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Folks, you can take that promise, and you can believe that as well. You can believe it because your everlasting Father keeps his promises. And when the Bible says, if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, and where I am, there you may be also. Well, you can believe that because you can believe that our everlasting Father is preparing a place for you and will receive you and will live with you. And you can believe that because as I already told you several times to sink it in, our heavenly Father keeps his promises. So listen, God, the everlasting Father, born for you, always keeps his promise to, promises to his children. And that, folks should give you hope no matter what situation you may be facing right now. So hope was born, and his name is Everlasting Father. But it also tells us that he is the Prince of Peace. Jesus was born to be your personal source of peace, to be your Prince of Peace, to implant real peace in your life, in your lifetime. You see, God never intended for you to try to manufacture peace inside of your heart and mind. And we try to do it all the time, to manufacture this peace, and we do it by going to the spa or going to our lake house or our beach house or wherever it is that we go to try to manufacture this peace. And you know what? It works. It works, but it's always temporary because that's all we can get. But you see, Jesus was born to give you the gift of genuine peace that can only be experienced through a personal relationship with him. It is a peace that comes from his hand that ends up in your heart. And he gives you two kinds of peace. First, he can give you this inner peace regardless of what happens in your life. And then he can give you this peace between you and the everlasting father through a relationship with Jesus and through the forgiveness that Jesus grants to you, which is the barrier between a sinner and the everlasting father. You see, our holy God just tears that down so that through Jesus, you get this peace with the everlasting Father. So you are no longer at war with the Father. Colossians tells us that for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and that's Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. John Richardson was a missionary to a tribe in Indonesia by the name of the Sawis. They were a ruthless people, constantly warring against other villages. They valued deceit and murder. And Richardson thought that there was no hope to win these people over to Christ and to get to a place where they would be at peace with one another. However, there was a custom among the Sawi tribe called the Peace Child, a child from one village was given over to the other village, and it was called the peace child. And as long as that child was alive, there was peace between those two villages. So Don Richardson began to tell the Sawi tribe 
that Jesus was God's peace child to all men. And that because Jesus lives eternally, that there would always be peace between God and those who put their faith in his son. And as a result, many of the Sawi came to know and believe in Jesus as their peace child and as their savior. And the result was the establishment of the largest movement in Indonesia. Now listen, God, the Prince of Peace, was born to you. He made a way for you to have peace with the Father, and that should give you guys, because it gives me, I mean, how many of you guys could use some of that peace that he's talking about here? I know I can every single day. And folks, that knowledge should give us that peace in any situation that you might be going through today. Hope was born, and his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So no matter what your situation is, you can come before God, and you can claim to his promises for yourself. You can have eternal life with him if you choose to today to accept him into your heart. And all you have to do in a moment, we're going to pray, and you can repeat this prayer after me. Sincerely mean it in your heart and invite Jesus to be all of these things for you. And for some of you, it's going to be a recommitment. And for some of you, it will be the first time that you have committed your life to follow Jesus. But know that today that Jesus was born to be and to do all of these things for you. And that you should fill your heart with a great hope because he was born to bring you that hope. Will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful to you this morning that we get to come to you this morning and just seek you and that you answer us in our time of need. That no matter what situation we may be going through, that if we seek you first and foremost, that all these things will be added on to us. Lord, for you came and you were born to bring us that hope, that hope that means so many different things. The main one, Father, for me is that I get to claim all of your promises. I also pray that every single person here today, Father, would just claim your promises as well and call out your name. And if you're here this morning and you don't believe in Jesus Christ and you haven't accepted him into your heart, you can go ahead. I'm not going to embarrass you. I, you're just going to pray this sincerely in your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Today, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and to come into my life. And the best that I know how, I will follow you all the rest of my life. Father, you see your people that are calling out your name. So, Lord, I pray that you would be faithful to forgive, that you would be faithful to give all of these things that we're talking about this morning. Lord, that you would continue to be our God, and as we cry out to you, that you will answer us in our time of need. We love you this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.